Welcome to the MA Road Show, episode number 308. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. And we're here at the beautiful palatial grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee, where there's a wee chill in the air. But overall, it's just a beautiful Thursday evening. Beautiful out in Las Vegas, Nevada. And let me just say, I'll just, let me just throw this out there right now. I want to give a shout out to uh, everybody in Texas right now, man. My home mm. state going through a lot right now. Uh, man, Dallas, uh, Houston, Austin, problems all the way around. Uh, I will say, uh, fortunately, my parents are good. Uh, I think my dad lost power for a little while, but he's, he's back up and running. My mom never did, uh, so that's good to hear. I think they're all safe. But I did just find out that uh, a couple of my best friends that live in the Austin area uh, are hurting pretty bad. Uh, just exchanged some text messages actually right before we got started. And I, I'm just going to read this to you because this is crazy. Lost power for 24 to 30 hours starting on Monday. Going on day four without water. All the cities around us have no water. Some had the water shut off by the water companies, and some companies had their pipes freeze. Once it comes back on, we will we will be on a, a boil water notice for days. Uh, getting ice from our backyard to boil and filter for drinking water. Good times. Whoa. That sucks. Good times indeed. Um, so I hate to start on a low note, but I just had to give a shout out to everybody yeah. that's, that's dealing with it in Texas, man. If you're a uh, See, you know, seeing the random acts of kindness and people trying to help out with food and all those things. Uh, my mom actually uh, had a couple of her neighbors. It, weird. She, she said she never lost power, but a couple of her neighbors lost power. So she actually had a couple of her neighbors, uh, including their dog, uh, come stay in her house. And so, uh, man, shout out to anybody that's doing kind stuff like that. You know, Texas is always going to be. Uh, listen, I've been in Vegas for a long time, mm -hmm. but I'm always a proud Texan, man. And so I, I feel for anybody that's struggling back there. And man, I can tell you, somebody born and raised in Texas, man, we are not expecting to deal yeah. with stuff like that. Like you guys you know, don't have like just mounds and mounds of salt sitting bruh. around waiting somewhere, and got the uh, you know the big plows. You, you grew know. up in Ohio, where they're a little bit more prepared for it. Right? I remember when I moved to Ohio, like the first big <laughs> snowstorm we got. My car at the time, I was driving like a like a Saturn, you know, those mm -hmm. old just, you know light little two door car or whatever, and it got stuck on the ice, you know. And I'm like, I, I didn't know how to get out. Fortunately, there was a guy that came by with with a truck and helped dig me out and all that. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know, by the way. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you. So it's actually my best friend that's in trouble right now. But he, he was he was in Ohio with me, um, and he had moved there a couple years before I did. And so I told him what happened, and my car got stuck. He's like, "Well, didn't you have your shovel with you?" And I'm like, "My shovel? Like I'm supposed to walk around with a shovel in my trunk?" And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> or, at, or at least like boards, kitty litter, uh, all, all sort like, of things. I'm or like, something. bro, the the, the yeah. welcoming committee didn't give me that when I moved <laughs> in. The, the chamber of commerce didn't have that in my here's packet. Here's your chocolate buckeyes, <laughs> and then also here's what you need to put into your 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 trunk. Um, that's crazy. I mean, it is, and you're right. You know, I think a lot of us, you know, that have come from uh, places that are cold and, and deal with snow and stuff. You know, we like to joke and say, ha, 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 you know, get, you'll get used to it. You'll get over it, you know. But at some point, yeah, you, you you have to feel for, especially when it gets multiple days, and especially with the drinking water and that sort of stuff, yeah. uh, that sucks because you're right. I mean, even snow and there's snow on the ground, you can't just go and grab that stuff and, and just eat snow. I mean, 
the sky is very dirty, so <laughs> you do have to boil it. And you have to be you have to be prepared, you know. And 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 in desperate times, a lot of times people just do things, you know. And you want to make sure they're doing things right. But that's good, you know. And one that just probably shows that your mom's a better person than her neighbors. Uh, that uh, karma made sure her power didn't go out. <laughs> mom, I was talking to my mom this day. It was funny. I actually butt dialed my mom on the way to the uh, media day. I was I was gonna call her on the, while I was driving to the media day we did today. Um, and I was like, wow, it's probably going to be a longer conversation to actually have time for. I was like, so I'll call her later. Yeah. And then when I got out of my car, I, I guess I accidentally dialed her. So anyway, we, we started talking real quick. But it was funny. She was telling me, she was like, I actually feel a little bit guilty that, you know, other people lost power. And I didn't. I'm like, guilty? I'm yeah. like, you're in your 70s. You're chilling by yourself. Like, just Don't feel guilty because your neighbors wouldn't feel guilty. Yeah, man. You think they'd yeah. feel bad if you were sitting but, there shivering? But that's, that's very nice for her to, to open up her, her house. And that's. That's one of those things when you see the good things in humanity that kind of restores your faith in humanity when people help each other out. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope things get better there uh, in Texas. I mean, that's 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 crazy, crazy stuff. You know, uh, it's funny. My brother who lives in Tennessee, they got quite a bit of uh, snow out there. But fortunately for them, they don't have the power outage, so they're able to enjoy the snow. So he was showing some videos earlier. I think he had his uh, tractor or uh, his four wheel out there pulling uh his girl and then i think she did the likewise pulling him around i think at one point he put a kayak and tied it on to the thing <laughs> and he was they're dragging his kayak around in the back you know because they had like i think six inches of snow or something like that so it's fun when you can enjoy winter and you can enjoy the snow um and not what's happening out there in texas and you know but granted uh i say that all while saying, I love living here in Vegas. Mm. I love the fact that we don't have to worry about all that kind mm. of stuff. Because um, it's wonderful right now. It's like 57 degrees or something. I mean, we got the window open The right window's now. open. You're Get still wearing pressure. your shorts. But you, <laughs> that being said, you would wear shorts when it was 30 outside. That is true. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it is it, it is wonderful here. But, uh, yeah, our thoughts to those in, in Texas. Normally I would be an asshole and joke about it, but I know there's a point where you can't really joke yeah, about it. Yeah, this is the shit. point where it's beyond that, right? Yeah, it's gotten pretty bad. Uh, listen, UFC Fight Night 185 is this week. Uh, Blades versus Lewis. We'll get into that in just a minute, but I did want to talk about kind of the breaking news. The welterweight division is shaking out. It's you know It's been kind of question marks as to what would happen after this past weekend. Of course, uh, Kamar Usman picked up his win over Gilbert Burns, and you kind of wondered how everything was going to shake out. Um, the big question, especially Leon Edwards, what was going to happen with him, with Hamzat Shemaev out? And it turns out we have our answer. Bilal Muhammad is stepping up to face Leon Edwards uh, on, you know, about a month's notice. So it's not exactly like, a, you know, a week, but it's going to be a quick turnaround for him. And I, I just want to say, I mean, kudos all around to both those guys. I mean, Bilal yeah. Muhammad for, for, for taking this, uh, you know, for taking the quick turnaround and taking the risk. And, and Leon Edwards for for fighting somebody that's, you know, not had the same accomplishments. I mean, certainly has uh, had a nice record as of late and is somebody that, uh, you know, does have a social media following as well. He's, and, and I think stylistically it's going to be a fun fight. But, you know, Leon Edwards did have to fight down the rankings a little yeah. bit for this opportunity, even though UFC President Dana White had stepped out and said, hey, we, we got to go up the, the rankings with him. That didn't work out. Um, it's funny. I actually talked to Bilal Muhammad yesterday afternoon. So apparently I interviewed him about – 12 to 24 hours too soon uh <laughs> but it was interesting you know he was we were just kind of reliving the fight uh, what happened and you know talking about what could be next why he wanted that that leading leong fight um what else could be out there for him and that sort of thing but one thing that he told me was that 
you know, even this past weekend, he was sure to make 170 pounds on the dot. He wanted to make championship yeah. weight because he's like, look, man, you don't know what's going to happen out here in these COVID days. Man, things change and, and things move around. And, and I wanted to be ready because I know that there's opportunity. So, you know, to know that he was going into that last fight week thinking, hell, I might get pushed into a title fight here, so I better be ready for it. Now he's stepping up and saying, yeah, I'll take – I'll take the dangerous guy on on a month's notice in this big opportunity in a main event, five rounds. Um, I don't know, man. I just I just want to say, man, shout out to both guys involved because I know that wasn't the fight that we were expecting, but I like it. I'm intrigued by it. I think stylistically, it's a fun fight. I don't know that Bilal Muhammad is necessarily fighting for a number one contender fight, yeah. uh, but hell, this would be a huge feather in his cap if he's able to pull this off. And look, Leon Edwards hasn't fought in a long time. You might be yep. a little bit rusty. We don't know what's going on. I mean, if ever there's an opportunity to maybe slip in and take advantage of somebody not being at 100%, this might be it. I think you're right. And and it's almost uh, Leon, in a sense, has a lot more to lose in that aspect. You know, it has been a while since he's been in there, but he's still a guy that's, you know, at the top of what's happening, he's always in the conversation for things. You know, you know, you got all these fights that they try to set up. The fights fall out. You know, nobody seems to want to take a fight. But this is a guy that's always on the minds of, of, of the guys at the top of the division. But that being said, Bilal is – he is – better than what the current UFC rankings is by no by every means. I no mean, question. He easily is a top 10 fighter, and Leon knows that. So, I mean, this is a very, very dangerous fight for him. But this is going to be a lot of fun in the sense because Bilal likes to move forward. Leon likes to move forward. Um, it's I like the I like the five rounds, too, because I think it, can give them, it gives them a little more access to where they can maybe play a little smart. You know, mm -hmm. they don't have to just go – balls to the wall so mm -hmm. hopefully we'll get to see some decent action that that works itself out but regardless of who uh you know wins and regardless of their rankings these are definitely contenders and i mean the winner of this one puts themselves keeps themselves up in that sort of uh contender-ish range yeah and and let's be honest i think would have some favor with the ufc i mean i think you can already yeah. see that, that dana white is kind of all in on Leon Edwards right now, right? I mean, for him to come a out little, kinda, A little late, but yeah. A little late, yeah, a little late. <laughs> You're right about that. A little late, but, but yeah. Hey, hey, better late than never, right? Isn't that, isn't that what they say? I mean, for him to come out and say what he said the other day where it's like, oh, man, this guy's been willing to take the fights. He yeah. stepped up. He was willing to take Hamzat. He was re willing to reschedule Hamzat. Yep. You know, now nah, we, we owe him a little bit. Well, Leon did himself some favor, too, because he, al he, he always maintained the high road as well. It's never like he – uh, at least nothing that I saw ever got to a point where he disparaged the UFC for it. I'm, of course, he right. showed that he was upset. Sure. You know, I mean, that's that's human. But he did the right things. And this is the same thing that we've said over and over and over that's came up when some fighters have shot themselves in the foot a little bit because, of course, they get very frustrated and they get upset, but then they lash out at the UFC. And the UFC, especially when I, get, when I say UFC, I guess Dana, yeah. it's not like I don't ever see like Sean Shelby and McMahon aren't going to be like, oh, I'm I'm butthurt because somebody's complaining they didn't make a match. Those people usually aren't talking crap about Sean and Mick. They throw it towards Dana and they throw it towards the UFC. Right. You know, so a lot of guys do that and then they get pushed down, you know, whether or not it's official or ever said, but they kind of do it. But 
I think it's wonderful that if Dana's finally coming around and seeing it, I think the only reason why he's doing it because Leon did it the right way. I agree, and it's funny because you know you, I could hear some people hear that criticism and say, uh, or, or hear that comment and criticize it and say, "Oh, so you're not supposed to st- you know stand yeah. out against the UFC? You do whatever they say." No, no, no. Of course, you don't you do whatever you say. Whatever they say, you battle back. But in the background, you don't do it in the public eye. And I think, yeah. I, to be honest, I think that's. Any workplace, that, to be honest with you, man. You know what I'm saying? You like hit it's it not, on the head. It's you not just it the, the UFC. Head. It's just don't go bad mouthing your boss in yep. public. Now, especially if you're in a business that's covered by the media and social media, yep. and it's just going to be this huge echo chamber. But yep. that's honestly, if you have a grief with your boss, you're way better trying to yep. handle it in a closed doors behind the you're scenes right. that's than you are doing it somewhere else. That's any business. Imagine, like it's you know, it's like I, uh, I work at whatever a law firm, and I'm really mad at one of the partners. I haven't get this assist. What you're going to go to Twitter on that? Really? Exactly. You think you think that's going to work out for you? I mean, there's tact. You know, uh, not that we've ever been. I've been the best at that. I, I'm really <laughs> poor at that sort of thing. But um, good on him for doing it the right way because obviously he's done what he's done the right way, and he's. He's uh he he's been willing to step up whenever they want it and obviously uh behind the scenes he's doing the right things for Dana to kind of do an about face and sort of sort of admit that they haven't that they need to give this guy what he deserves. Yeah. Good for him. Yep. Good for him. They they know your value. They know your value. It's they can't take that away now. <laughs> it's one thing if they've yeah, never they've, actually they've said admitted it. Your they've value. admitted it. Yep. They can't take that back now. <laughs> That's so true, man. I think he's handled things the right way, and I hope you know. Listen, I mean, obviously everybody wants good things from Allah Muhammad as well. I mean, what a beloved figure, Such a right? Good dude. Such a good dude, man. He's so fun. You know, he's one of the people that really engages on social media and, and is entertaining. Um, so you want good things for him. But man, there's this there's this part of my heart that just hopes this isn't a trap fight for Leon Edwards. You know what I mean? Where he does get snuck up on and, and, and he loses that 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 spot. I mean, I think he could still come back and do like if Leon were to lose this fight when you look at the timeline, I mean you could still come back and probably do Leon yeah. versus Gilbert, you know, versus Gilbert Burns. And, and, that, and that's that still be a meaningful yeah. fight. And that's what we say, like, blah, don't let the rankings fool anybody. And, that, and I know that's not gonna fool the UFC. It's not like the UFC ever really is like, Oh, well, sorry, unfortunately you lost to a guy that wasn't in the top 10, so now we got to move you back. We know how good Bilal is. That's why I say this fight is so dangerous for Leon because Bilal is every bit a top 10 fighter in that division. A loss to him should not knock anybody, especially in the top 10. I think right now, according to this, or he's at least Edwards is 9 in our rankings. I'm not sure where we have Bilal, but... We have Bilal at 13, but remember that's the world rankings, and you do have, you have Douglas Lehman in there from Bellator. You have uh, right, Roy right, McDonald right. in there from the PFL. So it, it, even if you look at the MMA junkie rankings and you take out the other organizations, we'd have them at number 11. Yeah. And, and we actually rank the champion, the UFC champion, as number one. Right. So that would make him a UFC top 10 fighter. Yeah, which is, I mean, this is, a, I don't know who I would pick. Just initially thinking about it because. Bilal is one of those guys. I thought his last performance was was outstanding. I Me mean, too. he was a, a bit undersized compared to him as well, you Yo. know. And then he did he did what he did, you know. And in this fight, he's going to be. I, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen Leon, but in my mind's I Bilal should be the bigger of the two. I think when they get there, but Leon is a big guy too. I think he's the kind when we see him, he maybe he'll he'll be. A, he's not a small guy. I'm not trying to say he's a small guy, but Bilal is like one of those guys. I think. When he gets to guys that are his size, he he tends to be the bigger of the two, and I, I envision 
he might actually be the bigger of the two when they get in uh, opposite each other. Yeah, I think Leon might be just a touch taller, but in terms of like thickness, thickness yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a good one, man. I mean, I don't know. It's I I always I think I. Did I pick Bilal in the last one, or did we not have to pick him? For we didn't have to pick, pick that one because it got bumped up at the last. That's second. right. Yep. So I mean, man, uh, that's tough. I'd have to really see something fight week, but I'm not sure where I would even lie right now. I love it, I man. Really, I'm bummed. Really I won't be covering that fight week. That's the fight week that I'm going to be gone for CFFC duties. Um, but I'm oh, definitely it's a solo watching that night, fight. Then. Well, at least I'll have Oscar. It'll be rolling solo. <laughs> uh, I think actually, believe it, I think the young Mike Bonnet because he's still in SoCal. I think he's going to roll in town. So oh, I really? Think You'll have the young Mike Bond to help out with you as well, but I, I think I might be watching that one on the couch. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be just a tuned-in fan that night. Um, I did want to mention briefly as well, um, Colby Covington's, you know, his reluctance to take this fight with Leon Edwards. Uh, man, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm gonna say I, I don't understand it. I'm, I'm a little surprised by it. Um, I, I, I understand his position, and you know, Colby obviously has felt wronged at times over the years he's felt misunderstood no. at times over the years <laughs> i know i know believe it or not he's felt as if he's had a little bit of unfair treatment from time to time um and i get it and and you know i was talking to the boys from submission radio the other day and we were kind of talking about the situation and I, and I said listen i i understand colby's maybe initial pushback like initial reluctance to say ah I don't need that fight. Like, I've got some other fights that make more sense. i got some bigger fights that make more sense. But at the end of the day, that's a clear number one contender fight. You know what I mean? For you to face Leon Edwards, that's it. The winner goes on to fight for the title. And I understand maybe you feel like you deserve the title fight now, and maybe you do. I mean, I know you already came back and, and picked up a win since losing to Usman. But this just seemed like a slam dunk booking to me, man. Um, and And – you know, if it's the month notice that, that bothered you, I get that. But if this was purely just a, I don't want to say a power play, but yeah, kind of a power play. If this was strictly a, you know, I deserve this, I shouldn't have to do that, man, I think Colby might have shot himself in the foot here, man. I think this was a fight that you should have taken. You know, I talked to Gilbert Burns earlier in the week, and he was even saying he was confused. You know, after the fight, you know, he was so he was so f frustrated after the loss to Usman, he was already planning his next fight. He's like, I want to face, face Covington. Like, that's the next best fight. Give me Covington. And then he saw the news of Covington and Edwards, and he's like, oh, well, yeah, that does make sense. That's yep. the fight to make. And then Covington doesn't take the fight. So, dude, and this is coming from somebody that if anybody's ever listened to the show before, no. I am a Colby Covington fan, both as a fighter and just as a man. I, I, I've again, we've we've talked about it. He's a different guy behind the scenes, but even the even the 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 shtick. I mean, I get it. It's just marketing, you know. But as a fighter, the way he fights and and just who he is, I like the guy a lot. But I do believe um, that maybe this was maybe this was a mistake. And let, I mean, look, unless he's nursing the injury and he's just ineligible to fight and, and doesn't want to tell us that. I mean. You know, maybe he doesn't want to share with the world that he's out right now, so he kind of postured as it was like a negotiating ploy. I mean, there's a million things that could be happening here, but I don't know, man. It just feels like a mistake. If you were okay to fight, even if it had been a tough camp for you to get together on a couple weeks' notice, I think you should have done it. I think so as well. Do uh, I? I'm. This is when I will admit I'm not a uh, reporter. I'm not a, a journalist that studies who manages Colby right now. Does he do a lot of self-managing? He's bounced around a little bit. I think that I think I think part of that was a little bit up in flux. I think he's had some management issues. Yeah. I think Dan Lambert was doing some stuff for Lambert him, but then, then he was like, "Stepped ah, away kinda, from that." Yeah, so I kind of wonder if some of that has. I, I kind of wonder if a. 
I just feel like he's not getting the proper guidance. I know. I know. And uh, because you want to stay, unless you're, unless like you said, there's something uh, that they don't want to release. If they is nursing an injury, if he does, if he has something else going on, um, if you want to stay relevant, you want to stay at the top. You can only talking crap about somebody and just generating that hate that makes people want to fight you and then the UFC is like yes we want to capitalize on that outside of that you have to strike while the iron's hot yes. and and fight the guys that are at the top and I just feel like who's not talking to him in his ear to really say okay what's what's the what's the end game here what are we trying to play right now um I, I feel this the same way sometimes about like uh well no Perry's got multiple other issues but i feel like some of these fighters don't have the the people telling them in the in the in their ear okay let's just sort of think about what are the next couple fights that we're talking about and ultimately what's the goal to do it or whatever and i just feel like some of these decisions are made sort of off the cuff when guys kind of decide that hey i don't need somebody else to sort of do this I can pick my own things. I could do whatever, and they sort of lose sight of the big picture for some sort of immediate gain or something. But I think that fight sh- he should have took Leon. That was I know that was a good. It was a good fight style for him as well. Leon is a dangerous, dangerous striker, but Colby's got good hands. But Colby could have grabbed a hold of him and do what Colby does. Yes. I mean, I agree. That was a that was a good fight for him. And see, here's the thing: is that I think that you know Colby might want to be because. Okay, so what else? So we're talking about the welterweight division. What else have we learned this week? It looks like the UFC is leaning in the direction of Usman and Jorge Masvidal for the yep. belt on the Ultimate Fighter as coaches. I'll be honest, I don't love it. Right. Um, but I, I like the coaching it. thing. I like I don't the coaching. Like, I don't thing. like the yeah. I don't like the fact that the belt's on. I know. On the I, line I, I wanted to see. I, and I've said I wanted to see Masvidal and Covington be the coaches on the Ultimate. That would have been awesome. That would have been huge. But so here's what I wonder: is I wonder if you're going to get a lot better TV ratings for that. Oh, yeah. than you will from Usman. And be no, huge. Nothing against Usman because Usman's. I love I love Kamaru, but like he's much more willing to. I mean, he's he's. The mature champion. Yeah, now. he'll turn the other cheek and just yeah, be like, "Okay, he's not, he's not okay. gonna, he's not gonna decide. Hey, this whole show, I'm just gonna talk shit right no. back to you." Colby Wood, that's better TV, hundred <laughs> percent. And and and, but I do wonder if maybe that's impact. I, in fact, I don't even wonder. I, I'm fairly positive that Colby is probably sitting back because look, Ma, what did Masvidal? Masvidal stepped in on short notice, lost, and then sat around and said, "No, nah, I'm not taking that fight. I'm not taking that fight. I'm not taking that fight because I believe I can, I can get my way into a, a rematch." And he did. He did. He didn't have to fight again. He didn't have to really ask for it. Didn't even have to really ask for it. But I think you have to realize if you're Colby Covington, like, look, like it or not, fair or not, Masvidal is one of the biggest stars in the sport right now. Like, there's a handful of guys that yep. can do that. Like, clearly, we know Conor McGregor could right now say, you know what? I, I, this I is come back for a fight. This Israel Adesanya fella ain't all he's cracked up to be. I want to challenge for his middleweight title. You know what I mean? And they'd be like, Okay. All right, if that's Why what you not? think, yeah, if that's what you think makes sense, then we'll do that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Connor could do that. Uh, Masvidal has proven that he can kind of do that too. He sold yeah. this narrative, hey, and it's look, it, there, there's fair points to it. Hey, man, I stepped in on short notice. I had to fly to Abu Dhabi. I had to do all this. Man, you give me a full camp, and it's going to be a different game. Personally speaking, stylistically, I think it's a bad fight for him. I think it's a night. I think uh, Kamara Usman is always going to yep. be a nightmare for, for Jorge yep. Masvidal. In fact, he might even be a Nigerian nightmare for Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Uh, there. No, I just, I just think it's a bad But it is a sellable line. Like, hey, listen, man, look what I had to go through last time. Give me the opportunity. It'll be a different fight. But there's only 
I mean, and outside of those guys, they might be the only two right now that can basically just call their shots. I mean, well, you know, I take Diaz. that back. Diaz. Yeah, I was going to say that's good. And, and I'll be honest with you. Nick Diaz could even Nick Diaz could come back and get damn near anything he wanted. Maybe a title shot might be a little bit much, right? But pretty much but, any other fight. But yeah, but then he would be he would be the uh, co-main for his brother's main event for something. That's it. And, 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 you know, even even like yeah, Nate would really be a stretch for for a title too. But you could probably make it <laughs> just to do it. But you could definitely. I mean, but that'd be that'd be one of those ones where it's like if the UFC feels like, hey, we can't make him a main event unless. Uh, we find some way. We'll just invent we'll a belt. Just invent a belt. <laughs> We're deciding to bring that 165 belt you guys have been asking so much about. Uh, you're right, outside it. of those and guys. I bet, I mean, I bet Covington, and, I, and I'm sure that frustrates Covington. I'm, I bet he thought, hey, I don't need to take this fight. I can sit back and wait and call my shot too. Dude, I'm a Kobe Covington fan. Take the fight because yeah. they will move on without you. And especially yeah. we know right now. They need fights. They're yeah. desperate. They're like, oh, man. And you, you know, you get on the bad side of Dana and all of a sudden, uh, yeah, you know. And he lost half his little stick with uh, with Trump leaving office. He lost half of his half of his pre-fight interview, you know, stick. Yeah. He's gone, you know. Now it's about you either pissing off a fighter enough to make them call you out or you're just sort of talking trash about something. And Everybody else is doing that, yep. you know. I mean, it's been a while since, you know, you've been in there and, and just been dominated dudes in a row. It's like just get in there and, and, and stay relevant because you're right. The division will go on. If Kobe stepped away and never fought again, are people going to be crying about the welterweight division? No. They really and, and won't. I don't mean – I'm not saying that to be rude, and that's but not, no. I mean, that's just, that just is what that's, it is. That's, that's pretty much anybody in the sport. That, that is, the brand With that, you are absolutely right. The brand – that the, 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 the UFC and the division will move on. I mean, look at, uh, you know, when GSP came, came back, did his little thing, and, you know, but even when he stepped away, this was one of the people that people considered the greatest of all time. And then when he stepped away at the top of the game, you know, I if the game can continue on after that, yep. leaving in his prime, you know, offense to these these other guys, but they're not GSP in his prime when he left on top. Like nope. the division will go on. So you might as well just maximize and, and do what you need to do. And and that's why I just I just wonder. I I mean, if he could get a tough gig, that would have been absolutely incredible. I mean, that would have been a lot of fun. He makes great TV. Um Masvidal, it works in his favor in this because he didn't have to even do a thing in this. He didn't even need to come up with the story and say, like, oh, you know, I didn't have a full whatever and I travel whatever. The champ's already asking for mm -hmm. it. That just goes – I mean, one, that just goes to show that I think Usman thinks he has Masvidal's number easy. I think he does too. That's the only reason why he's going to ever – why would you ever just reach out to a guy – if it was a guy that you're – not that these guys are ever scared of anybody, but if if it was really the challenge that you're trying to sell it at, he wouldn't have asked for it. No, he would have asked for the I think next. Go, I think I think Usman looks up and goes, "Ching, pay per view sales. That's it. And I know I can beat this guy. I already beat him once. Yeah. Because look, I think Usman has come out and said, I mean, I, I talked to him. He said, listen, I was a little nervous for that fight. Like I yep. did kind of wonder, like, was this a bad idea? Like everybody's saying this yep. dude's gonna baptize me in six days' notice. Yep. And like I, I took the fight on six days' notice. I mean, he straight up said, like, I thought maybe I made a mistake. And then he went in there and had a rough first round and then dominated after that. And yeah, I think he I think in his head he goes, Man, I you know, I took his worst. Yep. And then and then I beat him. 
Yep. I mean, and good on him. I mean, if this is the fight that he wants and, and if he's able to capitalize on it and get a bigger pay, paycheck because of what Masvidal can bring in it, I have no problem with it. And I, li- I like both fighters. I like I like yeah. the, the first action. I mean, I'm certainly not upset that, it, you know, that it isn't like a Covington and somebody or a Masvidal or something else. I mean, I don't mind seeing this. I, I will admit I picked against Usman in the last one. I, I bit into what... You know, I thought Burns was bringing to it, but right. to see what you know, because Burns did hurt him in the beginning. I was like, "See, Burns see? had all the right That's skills." That's what we to knew. That's what we knew was yep. going to happen. And then Usman showed up, and and then it was just like, "Oh hell!" He was never in trouble again in that fight after that first round. And after seeing that, I don't really see anybody right now in the division. If he keeps fighting at that particular level. Nobody there, right there in the top, is is a problem. I for agree. Him right I, now. I think I think Burns was the worst stylistic he matchup was for him. The, the, absolute the biggest worst challenge. Going to be, and gonna, he never did it. I mean, he had the power, but yeah. we just never we never, never got to see the, the jujitsu. Never saw the jujitsu at all. Crazy man. Well, interesting times in the welterweight division. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, hopefully, get a chance to talk to Colby coming soon and find out exactly what happened there. I, I really do think that was the fight he should have taken. But this week, of course, we have UFC Fight Night 185. Blades versus Lewis. It is on ESPN+. Plus. We did have the media day today. Uh, moving forward, we're told the in-person media days will likely be on Wednesday. But because of the weather we talked about, there were some travel delays for some guys getting in. So they pushed it back to Thursdays. I'm just going to say one more time, I love having the in-person media days. Again, actually getting to talk to these people in, in person is great. And uh, our, early on, we got to talk to Curtis Blades. In fact, he was our very first fighter today. Curtis Blades, half of your main event. And... Uh, I, listen, I, I know. Here's another kind of figure that I think a lot of people don't necessarily love. Who I happen to be a big fan of, man. I, I think he's an incredibly talented fighter, and I kind of like the way he looks at things and the way he. he I think he's just painfully honest. I guess. I mean, brutally honest. However you want to say it. Like he just doesn't doesn't shy from what he believes and, and saying what he thinks. Um, and you know, I, I just love how honest he is about everything. So um, let's just hear from Curtis Blades and what he had to say today at the media day, and then we'll. We'll talk a little bit about uh, our, our thoughts on uh, on this fight. Curtis, uh, first off, happy birthday. Uh, 30 years old now. You feeling all grown up now as, as a 30-year-old man? I am officially old now. <laughs> and, and I got to think, man, I mean, there's nothing that you would rather be doing on your birthday than the media day, right? I mean, is this just the best present that you've ever had? Um, this is definitely an experience i've never done this on my birthday so i'll I'll leave it at that yeah (laughs) when it came to rescheduling this fight was there any party that said yeah damn it that's my birthday stay away from that week that's exactly what i thought i was like because we already had plans i was supposed to be in chicago hanging out with the fam but it's whatever like making money this weekend that's cool too that means the celebration will be even better afterwards right well, talk about fight week this week, man. Are you are you doing anything different than you did last time? I mean, taking like extra precautions, being being careful. I mean, that was such a, a terrible experience, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, the UFC is pretty much taking care of that. We're on like super lockdown, so this is like the only exposure I get. So unless one of you guys got it, I think I'm good. <laughs> Fair enough. What is what was the last experience like for me? Did you end up like sick at all, or I mean? No, um, I definitely had the headaches. That was rough, and I had the muscle aches and the chills and the fever and a bit of the fatigue, but I, ne- I didn't get any of the respiratory issues, thankfully. Very nice. So it didn't really affect you physically. Were you able to return to training pretty quick, or did it take a little while? Uh, it was about two weeks. Um, the first week was rough, but then the next week I was just being – it was like a precaution. I didn't want to bring it back into the gym and, like, spread it. So, 
So fortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're not facing Elon. So you know, we hear nah. about like Hamzat yeah. six months later. Nothing nah. for you? No, nah, I'm fine. Um, feel bad for Hamzat. Hope he gets better because I really like to watch him fight, but no issues for me. That's good to hear. So talk about the rescheduling then. I mean, it, it, it took several months, right? Yeah. Were, were you hoping to get it done? Fat? What, what took so long to get this thing back together? No, I mean, we knew. I didn't want to jump, jump back in there because we didn't know if there would be long-term effects. We were uh, cautious of that. But after about a month, I think we started to talk about, like, the dates around Christmas. And then originally we were going to fight January 20th, and then it got pushed back to February 20th. So, Did you talk to Derek at all? I mean, I know you guys aren't exactly, like, tight or anything, but did you feel like you needed to apologize or, or try no, to? No, no. I mean, I didn't do it on purpose. I was hurt, too. I didn't want to get it. So, no, I didn't apologize. I mean, was I supposed to apologize? I don't know. I missed that. So, <laughs> I don't think there's a – we don't know what the requirement is on that. But, yeah, like you said, you didn't do it on purpose. Um, what about rebooking the fight? Was it important to you, though, to keep this matchup together? Yes. I mean, I wasn't really – I wasn't scared that we weren't going to fight because who else was Derek going to fight? So, and who else am I going to fight? So, I pretty much – I was pretty uh, confident we were going to get this fight again. You feel like he's going to stick to this boisterous claim of taking you down and finish you on the ground? That's, is, he, is he sticking to those claims? I mean, if that's, if that's how he wants to do it, you can do your best. Do your best to take me down. I know everyone's like, well, Volkov took you down. Volkov earned that. He got me real tired. Or maybe I got my, myself real tired. I can't remember. I was real tired. But <laughs> he earned that. I don't think Derek's going to – Volkov is unique. His conditioning is very unique. You don't see guys like that in heavyweight. He kind of reminds me of like a heavyweight version of one of my teammates, uh, Neil Magny, like cardio for days. I don't think you would uh, associate cardio and Derek Lewis together, so I don't know about that. Fair enough. Did you did you make any adjustments? I mean, having these extra couple of months to prepare, did you tweak the game plan at all, or change the approach, or was it basically just you know do what you did for the last camp? Uh, I mean, we did. Um, I did focus a lot more on jujitsu this camp because we did have the extra time, so why not? And conditioning, we've been working on that ever since the Volkov fight. Like my conditioning wasn't bad, but in order to fight the way I want to fight that grueling pace, that grinded out pace for 25 minutes, uh, we had to add some extra workout days, like extra day of conditioning, and uh, I think it's going to pay off. Are you looking at this as a number one contender fight? Essentially, because I know John is next, but yeah, essentially. Does that bother you, I mean, that John is next? Well, let's go to one to ten. I mean, like a three. Like, I get it. It's business. John Jones puts asses in the seat. Like he's a name, he's he's earned he's earned it because they did it for Izzy also. Like Izzy, he's coming up to fight Blahovich and Glover Teixeira is like, <laughs> so I get it. It's cool. Fair enough. Last thing for me, I, I, as you said, I mean, you win here. I think it's pretty undeniable that, that you get a title shot. Does one of the three guys that it could be against mean more to you? Like, is there one you'd rather face, whether it be Stipe, whether it be Ngannou, whether it be John Jones? No, I mean they all present like, if I beat Ngannou, I've avenged it. If I beat, I beat Stipe, I beat the heavyweight GOAT. I beat John Jones, I beat a GOAT. So it's like, it's a win-win-win. Obviously, you said that you understand John will probably get the title shot next, but does it annoy you knowing that the timeline of that, like, oh, okay, so maybe they do that fight in July or something, I won't be able to fight until December? Does that bother you? No. Like, a majority of these guys are old. Like, I know I just turned 30, but <laughs> I got a while, so I'm the... 
I'm not in like a major rush or anything. I, that's just more time for me to develop and grow. One of the, the interesting things about you every time you fight, it comes up this idea that you're not apologetic for how you fight. You're not apologetic for losing no. any money or anything like that. Do you think other fighters need to sort of man up a bit and be more honest with their own intentions? No, I'm not going to tell other guys how to, how to live their life, how, to, how their career should go. But for me personally, this is how I've always been. Um, I come from a wrestling background, like smack talk and all that smoke screen and that, that, all that extra BS, like the WWE stuff. I'm not good at it, so I'm not even going to pretend to be good at it because would, you would smell it. You'd be like, okay, this guy's fake. It would be worse than Kobe's act. Like, we all know Kobe's act is bad. Mine would be worse, so I'm not even gonna attempt it. Have you uh, have you spoken to Dana White yet? Personally, no. Do you think those two might be related? <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, but yo, um, I'm here to fight. I'm I'm here to win fights. I'm here to earn money, and I'm I'm not a smack talk. I'm just not good at it. Like I have a speech impediment. So like me. I try to talk smack. I start stuttering. That just ruins the whole thing right there. So I'm just, like, I know what I'm good at. I'm good at winning fights. I'm going to stick to that. Uh, when Derek Lewis wanted to fight you, he called himself the most dangerous blue belt in the world or something like that. You've seen him fight. Do you think that's a fair assessment of his skills? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm going to keep it uh, professional. I, don't, I do not believe he's the most dangerous blue belt in the world. No, I'm going to keep it. I'll leave it at that. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks, man. To you, is this fight as simple as just avoiding one big punch? I mean, if you really, really, really want to break it down, uh, yeah, that's – we know what Derek's game plan is. We've seen it a thousand times. We've seen – did it to Volkov, did it to Olenek. Like, he, he hangs around, hangs around, hangs around, and he's just looking for that one sweet knockout punch. That's why the best – best strategy is to keep him on his butt and then he never gets that opportunity you, you were just talking about you know why you've been able to just maintain you know being you being yourself and just like I'm just gonna win fights I don't care about all this other stuff but like covering the sport for as long as I have and you know John has we've seen so many guys come through that say that like I'm not gonna be influenced I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna start doing all this crazy stuff I'm not and, good, and they all do bro. right but but like what I guess what is it about you that even even stylistically like guys are like okay I'm gonna go show them I'm gonna go try to just knock people out all the time like what is it about you that you're able to maintain just what you want to do I think it's my inner uh, uh, my pettiness I'm very very petty and the more you don't want me to do it the, the more I'm like F you I'm gonna do it I, I'm gonna make you watch I know people don't wanna watch it you're gonna watch I don't care you're gonna watch you may not like it you're gonna root, root for me to lose cool but you're gonna watch in the end, like, it, it, to me, like, it is a sport, right? Like, the object is to win. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, bro, like, I get 100 and 100. I get 100 for showing up, 100 for winning. I have a, ch a child. I'm not going to jeopardize her future and her quality of life who appease people who know nothing about me, who watch me for 15 to 25 minutes and then forget about me. They don't care about me. They don't care what I got going on. They don't. They don't care. So I don't care what they want. Like, I'm here to win fights. I'm a prize fighter, and I'm here to win prizes. So.
uh, you, you talked about potentially having the title fight. Like, what what would a title mean to you? What would what would putting that belt around mean to you? Because like like we just said, all these people have all these things to say. Can't really say much once you have the belt. No. Oh my God. The petty in me would. Whew, the the memes, the posts. I would I would go. I'd be going real hard, real real hard. I and. Every blue moon, I like to clap back with, you know, people on my Instagram and stuff. I would, I would devote an entire week to just clapping back to people. So, do you have any uh, in your in your drafts already? You have any good memes ready? Oh, yeah, I got loads. I got loads of memes. Yeah, I'm a meme master. <laughs> So it was Curtis Blades, uh, obviously a, uh, a sizable favorite to say the least going into this, and, and I understand why, uh, according to the odds makers. Uh, listen, I, I get that he's not the most popular figure uh, in UFC history, but I just respect the hell out of, of what he says. You know, talks about the fact, look, I have a speech impediment. It doesn't make sense for me to talk trash. That's never going to work out good for me. I can appreciate the self-awareness there. And I love the, t- the fact that he just comes out and says, look, I'm doing this to support my family, man. You know what I mean? I'm not going to risk, you know, $100,000 of my win bonus uh, just to please some fans. Yeah, I thought that was very giving of him right there to let us know. I was like, I was like, bro, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> you can just say it's you half and half. Half and half. I was like, oh, you just, just said. I know. I now like, they don't they, publish in Vegas anymore. They're not sharing that stuff with us anymore. That's it. They don't share it. Like he's telling us <laughs> he's on a 100 and 100 contract, which good for him at this point. That's good for him. Um, but, I, but I like it. I, you know, my, did, my, did you think about that as soon as he said the numbers? Immediately, I was I like, wow. Like, I was like, they don't publish that anymore. You didn't have wow, to say that. Wow, he didn't have to say that at all. Good for him, man. That's No, it's it's funny. I, I've uh, I, Listen, I see the hate for, for Curtis Blades, so obviously he sees it as well uh, online. But, um, man, I love it. I, it. I've gone back to this multiple times, but uh, my, my buddy CM Punk, my, my broadcast partner at CFFC, he has a pinned tweet on his, on his Twitter profile, and uh, he's had it there for almost a year at this point. But – uh, the, the tweet just says, some of you need to stop listening to criticism from people you wouldn't ask advice from. And I'm like, yeah. You know <laughs> what? That makes a lot of sense. And I like that Curtis Blaze is saying, look, good for you that you don't, you know, say say what you want to say. Like, I'm, I'm here to support my family. So yep. um, I, I, I just I'm, – I'm a big fan of his, and I like the way he approaches things. By the way, after he got uh, off camera, um, he did walk by uh, where we were sitting, and he said, hey, by the way uh, – Tell Derek when you see him that I said I'm sorry because you know, I asked him if he if he apologized. And I didn't mean that as he was required to, but you know, you know when guys miss weight or or, or something like that, you know, I was like, hey, ah, my bad, you know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe he might have talked to Derek and just said, ah, my bad, you know, I'm sorry about that. But uh, not that he was necessarily required to, but I thought that was pretty damn funny. He was like. Uh, yeah, tell him I'm sorry, man. So, listen, he does have a sense of humor, man. He's got a little, you know, he talks about being a the king of memes and stuff. I mean, like, he's got some wit about him. I just, I think it's been clear from day one. And I think, dude, I think we've honestly seen him grow up in front of us. I think in the beginning, man, he was so shy. And I, and I, and I, I always thought it was because, I think today is honestly the first time I've ever heard him really talk about his speech impediment. It was clear 
I mean, obviously it was clear from the beginning that he had one, but I, I think today is the first time I've ever heard him actually address it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. And I couldn't remember another yeah. time that he'd ever said it. I'm I not going to pretend like I, I absorbed every MMA interview out there. So if he did say it somewhere and talk about it, not that we needed confirmation. I think everybody was well aware. But it was the first time I'd ever heard him talk about it. And I think in the beginning it made him painfully shy. Like, and I think a lot of people thought he was standoffish with the media and I don't think he was standoffish with the media. I just think he was really, really shy because of that, and therefore some of his interviews weren't always the most eloquent. I think he's great, man. I mean, like you said, he's not going to go jump up there and be Conor McGregor or whatever, but uh, he's going to be Curtis Blaze, and I think that's all we can ask, you know? Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was wonderful. As soon as he said that, I was like, it makes so much sense. I was like, how can people hate on that? You know, how can people? You know, it, it's tough in a, in a time when every needs to, you know, ever all the fighters feel like I need to talk cr- trash to get a step up. You know, I love that he's just like, no, I'm not going to do it. It's not me. I'm not even good at it. You know, and besides that, you know, if I did, I'd probably stutter and it would just come out wrong. So I'm not even going to go that route. But there's something about being self-aware and then also being um, confident in yourself to talk about it to people. And that's good. That lets other people know that dealing with the same thing, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I own I own my issues and I own the things that make me me and that's absolutely fine. I don't need to try to act like somebody else. I'm just I'm just the way it is. And if you don't like it, I don't care. He had the greatest I mean, I love the line because he's right. It's all about providing for his daughter, for his kids, you know, like, you know, and that's what it is. You know, why am I gonna do something differently to appease you when it doesn't really matter what you think of me in the first place. I mean, we all could 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 do well to you know to to take that sort of stuff to heart because when it all boils down to it, it's those that are in your your direct circle or those that are under you that need your your protection and that your guidance. Those are the only ones that it really matters what they think about. That's it. Anybody else on the internet? Yeah, they might have the freedom and the ability to to sort of troll out, and the social media has given them the access to somehow put words in front of your eyeballs, but that doesn't mean that those words need to affect your day, you know? So good on him. I mean, I like Curtis. I mean, like, he's never, I've never seen him do anything ever to, to make me not like him. I, I mean, know. He, he, he does, he, he's a, he's a professional and he does what he needs to do. He's not one of these guys that during fight week, you know, feels that he needs to deep out. He's, he's a headliner. He could have easily deep it out and be like, I'll, I'll get there when I get there and do whatever. But no, He's the first dude out there, and he did his stuff, and it was he was good. It was so. there early, man. All right, well, listen. He was even early. He was even early. Uh, 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 another unique person who uh, lives the life as he wants to live it, but on mm. the opposite end of the personality spectrum, of course. Does he have hot balls? Is Derek Lewis, man. <laughs> Derek Lewis. Uh, man, I, I just – how can you not be entertained by Derek Lewis? I mean, uh, stylistically, of course, swanging and banging. I mean, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, but the way he handles interviews and the he things he does. He came at you about your volume level today. did come at me about my volume level. Some very <laughs> fair criticism. I, I will own up to that. Uh, it's so funny. It was pretty good. Yeah, so as you can imagine, Derek Lewis was, was entertaining from start to finish. Uh, entertaining with me starting out. Entertaining with our man Hot T, Oscar Willis from the award-winning Mac Life. And, then, of course, Adam Hill chiming in at the end as well that's a voice you didn't recognize and he got a little bit of uh, a little bit of something something for adam hill as well so we'll just let the whole thing play out because uh, you can't really describe uh, a Derek lewis media session you just gotta enjoy it so here's Derek lewis Derek, um i guess first and foremost uh want to check on your family situation i mean obviously there's a lot going on in houston right now is is everybody good back home yes everything good so far so good so 
you didn't have to deal with any distractions on on fight week with everything that's happening. Um, I could turn the mic down a little bit, huh? I speak so. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything so far so good at the house has been good. Um, the power been off and on, but my family been safe still. Um, we stayed in one room because there's no windows in the movie room, so we all just been sleeping in there and making sure that the heat is staying on 80 just in case the power go back out again because it's, whenever it goes out, it stays off maybe like 10 hours, so we can still stay warm. Wow. Is it is it tough for you to, to kind of get away on fight week and have to leave them dealing with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The power been out only twice since I've been gone, so today it hasn't been out, so everything's is good so far. Good to hear. Uh, I guess I want to ask you about the last experience, you know, getting all the way up to the fight and, and it not happening. I mean, how frustrating of an experience was that for you? Um, it was pretty frustrating, but um, I was like I said, tell, told everyone else that I was really concerned for Curtis. Hopefully that everything was good with him. You know, like I said, I didn't want him to be in the ICU for COVID. I want him to be in the ICU because of me. You know? That's some subtle shade right there. No, it's no shade. <laughs> That's how I look at every fight. I want to hurt, I put some pain on you, but I don't want to kill you. Yeah. By the way, I, I asked him if he apologized to you, and he said he didn't. He didn't know if he should. And then as he left, he said, please tell Derek I'm, I'm sorry about that, that I got COVID and had to cancel our fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Uh, in a couple of months, you know, the fact that it took three months to get rescheduled, um, were you okay with that? I mean, did you enjoy, I guess, maybe taking some holidays off or that sort of thing, or were you hoping to fight sooner? Um, it really didn't matter. I'm just happy that we got the deal done and we're fighting again, you know. Um, but I I really did want to fight um, before the year was over with, kind of. Just because I wanted to fight Overeem before he fought again because Overeem has been talking a lot of smack. You know, I'm like I'm telling everybody, I don't talk trash to fighters. I'm calling them out and this and that. Whenever I hear something, they talking trash to me, then I say something back. You know, other than that, I'm not worrying about what's going on with the USC fighters. You know, I'm not keeping up with these guys. You know, I'm, like, at home taking care of my family, doing everything I have to do to make sure my kids have a better future. That's it. Yeah. So are you hoping that Overeem didn't hang him up? I mean, he, we were not really sure. He said it might be his last run. Are you hoping to get in? No, don't, don't go yet. You still got it, man. You still got it. If Overeem watching this, man, you still got it, man. Look in my eyes. You still got it. So do not hang them up yet because I really do want a piece of that and clap them cheeks. No homo. That's a call. I like that. That's how you put a fight together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about these last couple of months. I mean, any, any change in approach or game plan or strategy, or is it still, you know, let's, let's use your clearly dominant wrestling, uh, you know, to, to eliminate his striking advantages and, 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 you know, put him where he's not comfortable on the ground? I believe it's a perfect opportunity to show – my well-rounded mixed martial arts skills against Curtis. You know, I think it's a perfect fight. And we guys are going to see Saturday, so please tune in. You know, let's let's set some records this weekend. You know, let's beat Conor McGregor record this weekend for um, most views. So tune in Saturday. He says nobody wants to watch him fight, though. I know. Damn. I heard about that. I heard that's the rumor that. Nobody really likes the guy. He's a, he seemed like a very loving guy, you know. Nah, nah, nah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
the last time when you when you put this fight together for us, it was great because you called him out and you even gave us a headline. It was so nice. We didn't have to come up with our own headline. You 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 gave it to us. Were you happy that we ran with that headline, or did you say I can't believe they really just used that? <laughs> yeah, I did say I can't believe I used that, but that's fine. That's cool. But y'all still didn't pay me for that either. I need more money. Yeah. <laughs> we need some of yours. <laughs> oh, you can't have a shit. No taxes get you. Are you looking at this as a number one contender fight? Because as fun as it is, kind of the you know the back and forth between you two, and, and obviously you're always entertaining, but this is pretty valuable, you know, a meaningful fight in the heavyweight rankings. I know you're not calling anybody out, but, I mean, realistically, this could be a number one contender fight. Yes, it, it can be a number one contender fight, but <clears throat> I'm really going into this fight because um, I have two more fights in my – I have actually one more fight on my contract after this one. So it's really, um, I have to perform like I never performed before, especially if I want a better contract than I have right now. So I'm going to this fight like this is my, going to be my last shot at the UFC. So I have to go out there and perform <clears throat> the best of my, my abilities. Are you hoping they'll come to you with a new deal, or are you wanting to fight out your contract? No, I want to. I, I love the UFC. I love um, some of the UFC crew, you know, so. Except for Nobi, she always make me do all these interviews. That's the only girl, person I don't like in the UFC. But other than that, um, yeah, I love it here. Yeah. Last thing for me, if if this does turn into a number one contender it's fight, Nobi, or Nobi, it's Nobi. Not my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you haters. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's well, Nobi you don't like, Nobi. I would say y'all all look, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Last thing for me, if it turns out this is a number one contender fight, I know you're not calling anybody out, but mm. if you were fighting for the title, it'd be against one of three guys, right? Stipe, Ngannou, or John Jones. Mm. Are any of those more exciting than the other to get a shot at the, at the heavyweight title? Not at all. You know, the way everything is looking right now, it's like, like I said before, Izzy might even come up to heavyweight, so I might end up fighting Izzy for some reason. And Mighty Mouse might even come back into the picture and be fighting the heavyweight. You never know. So... It's entertaining, so that's why everybody really needs to stay tuned every week. And, um, you know, subscribe to MMAJunkie.com, you know. I mean, that's it. We got, we, got, we got checks to cut for you, man. We'll get with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know where I'm in y'all state, you know. Invite me over. You know, trifecta. Y'all can bring over some of that food that your wife's cooking, you know. I eat it. Hey, you did make me curious. <laughs> what would a fight with you and Mighty Mouse look like? Oh, I think he'll get me, though. I think Mighty Mouse will take me down and hold me down. He's too fast. Yeah. Hey, Derek. <laughs> what uh, what exactly did Alistair Abram say about you that annoyed you? Um, he said that it was a, it would be an easy fight between me and him. You know, um, it's an easy payday for him. Um, what else he said? That he never turned any fight down. But I believe that we called him out like four times in the last three years, and he didn't want none of it. I mean, you said Curtis Blade seems to be a loving person. He actually was up here earlier, and he said that he didn't necessarily value your skills as a blue belt. And I know you consider yourself one of the baddest blue belts mm -hmm. in the world. So I'm curious, does that give you the same fire that Alistair Overeem's comments have given you? Oh, um, that's good. I'm, that's fine. Everyone underestimate me. You know, um, and whenever I finally get a submission on these guys, you'll hear Joe Rogan say, I'm world class. You'll see. Yeah. Cool. You know, you, you mentioned about your contract talks. I think, mm -hmm. how, long, how long has this big contract been, the one you've been on? This one is, was a six-fight contract. 
No, it was a six-fight contract, this so last one. In that time, your star power has grown a lot. So are you hoping for a significant bump in pay? Um, you know, if even if it's not a significant bump, um, that's fine. But it'd be great if I could get a significant bump. You know, I'm not going to be like, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to even say any more about it. But, yeah, in it'd the, be great. In the past, you haven't really sort of... <clears throat> been motivated by the title necessarily but now you're nearly there nearly getting a title shot if you win this you could get one does it is it starting to become more real does it mean more to you now the idea of being a champion um that would be crazy you know that'd be real crazy from a guy like me going through all the stuff that i've been through and becoming um ufc champion heavyweight champion of the world they're just they're just crazy to even put in the same sentence as my name, you know, Derek Lewis, UFC heavyweight champion of the world. It just felt cr even crazy whenever they announced it that um, I have the all-time knockouts in the UFC, you know, compared to all the thousands of other guys that fought before me and all the big knockout artists that they had in the UFC. It's just crazy that I'm the number one guy now. So it's like crazy, especially how – I. I used to approach the sport, not even really taking it serious, to even be even this far in my career. It's just so crazy. Well, that's what I mean, because I remember you told us multiple times that you didn't care about the sport and you just sort of did it. So now that you have those landmarks, now you have the most knockouts, does it make you take it more seriously? Do you make you think, well, I am actually pretty good at this, I should probably give it a go? Yeah, I've been taking it serious the last um, three fights. The last three fights I've been taking it very serious. Um, taking care of my body more, better, and doing everything I have to do to be a mixed martial artist. You know, but I'm still eating bad. But other than that, you know, I take it a lot more serious. Yeah. Good luck on this weekend. You said the last three fights you've taken it serious. I mean, I know you've taken it seriously longer, but, but do, does it feel different in the cage? Like when you have a training camp that you think is more serious and more intense, does it feel different when it gets to fight night? Um, it doesn't feel any different. That's the only thing about it. So, because my mindset, my body, and everything always still feels the same. And it doesn't feel any difference. You know, I still go in there and and perform the way I perform. It's like it's really no difference. It's just I just have in my mind just to know that, yeah, I did spend a lot more time, so I shouldn't be this tired right now. So, you know, so, yeah. Looking back, I mean, you start fighting and you're, you know, making some paychecks or making some money. Like, at, at what point do you d decide, oh, I'm, you know, do you realize I'm not just doing this to get a check? Like, I'm really good at this. Like, was there a time where you, maybe in a fight or in a training camp, where you said, oh, I'm really actually good? Um, I don't know. No, not not really. You know, probably at one of the after parties, I thought I was like. <laughs> The shit, like, yeah, <laughs> nobody can mess with me. But other than that, nah, I don't really think about that, no. With with COVID and things shut down, do you miss after parties? Oh, you can't have after parties after COVID? Not really. I mean, well, I still have after parties. So, um, yeah. But I still have after parties, so I don't know. I don't know how that feels to not have after parties. So. Good enough. Yeah. Um, do you... Obviously, we know what he does, what his game plan is, what he wants to do. We've talked about it a lot. He's just going to try to take you down over and over again. 
I don't believe that's what his game plan is. I don't think he's going to come out because he knows that's what I'm thinking. So what I'm thinking is he's going to try to stand up with me for a little bit, try to go to the body, really try to wear me out and trying to get me really tired. He don't want me to last um, all five rounds. So I believe that he's going to try to wear me out quicker. That's all. And you obviously you'd prefer him do that, right, to try to stand with you? I really don't prefer him to do anything. Sure, I really prefer him to pull out the day we um, <laughs> ride to the arena so I give me a, my, my check this time. <laughs> um, should the Texans trade Deshaun Watson? Hey, we're not going to even talk about none of that. This is a new guy. <laughs> we're not talking about no Texans, no Rockets, no Astros. I don't hear nothing about no Houston teams right now. Please. Not even no Dynamo, not no the, uh, what's the girl soccer team. Yeah, I don't even hear nothing about no Houston sports right now. Nothing. So I'm feeling in the same boat as all the other players that want to leave Houston right now. Fair enough. Uh, more importantly, we just landed a rover on Mars. I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that. A rover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It seems like something that you would have some interesting <laughs> thoughts on. I don't know. I'm going into one of the biggest fights in my career, and you're going to ask me, you're going to spend and waste my time the last few minutes that we have together for a, a rover? Yes. I genuinely want to know what you think about that. How much it costs? A lot. More, probably, yeah, more than the UFC is worth, I would imagine. It's like they're spending money on something like that. It's like all I could think about, they kind of open like thousands of Popeyes all over the world, <laughs> and they waste it on a rover. You know, people are hungry, man. Or save the power in Texas, maybe? Or save the power. Yeah, we need to change the power grid because we wasn't prepared for that, yeah. All right. I will let you get back to focusing on your fight. I'm sorry. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You went to Comic-Con um, like two years ago? Oh, okay. You just, you look like that guy that seen that I sadly look like a lot of people at Comic-Con, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let me yeah. see your shirt. What's your shirt say? Uh, say it's a Ferris Bueller Oh, okay. Yeah. I just thought you was a guy from Comic-Con. That's yeah. uh, common common thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, there he is, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Uh, fun as always, uh, having a little, having a little go at at me, but supporting MMA Junkie. We'll appreciate the plug. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I raised my hand when he was saying, I was just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> having a little go at Adam Hill there at the end, calling him the new guy, which was pretty funny. Uh, good so stuff from funny. start to finish. All right, look. As far as breaking this fight down, I mean, look, I don't know if there's a more simple fight to break down in the history of, of mixed martial arts. I mean, we, we know what each of these guys are going to do. Of course, Derek Lewis is having some fun saying, you know, he's going he's gonna to take Curtis Blades down, finish him on the ground, you know, write that as the headline. <laughs> um, we know that's not the case. And I know mm -hmm. he says he wants to show his well-rounded skills. I mean, I do think – look, I do think – uh, in talking to people around him, he is taking the game more seriously. He is, you know, working on rounding out his skill set and, and trying to show up the wrestling and trying to continue to better the jiu-jitsu. But at the end of the day, you know, we know what the moneymaker is, you know, and it's not going to be uh, his devastating triangle choke, you know what I mean? The, 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 right. guy, the guy is looking to knock you out. And the same for Curtis Blades. I mean, Curtis Blades um, is always working on improving as a mixed martial artist as well, but as he's willing to, you know, admit bread and butter um, – you know, it, it, it's it's his wrestling, it's his grappling, it's his heavy top game. And so, as much as I love me some Derek Lewis, and I will say, Derek Lewis is always a live underdog. 
the guy can finish a fight at any time. You know, Alexander Volkov stands as testament to that. Uh, I, you know, there's always a possibility, but as much as it breaks my heart to say it, uh, man, I just think uh, you know, in in. I just think it's a bad stylistic matchup, man. I think this is probably, you know, one of the worst, if not the worst, stylistic matchups for Derek Lewis in the heavyweight division. And uh, man, I, I I know we like to homer for the beast, man. He's always been such a, a great guy to us, but uh, ultimately, I did I did lean my pick towards uh, Curtis Blades. Shame on you. Oh. I homered. You homered. Just straight up homered. I just straight homered. Just FYI. I, I haven't I haven't broke that cycle yet. I, I still kind of homer for uh, for Derek. Uh, it, it it it's one of those ones. I mean, like I like to have the belief in my mind that we all know that Derek has power, you know. And I but I like to believe that Derek's always he's always going to surprise me in some way. So if I ever had that day where I decided. Oh, I should probably let my brain tell me that I shouldn't pick Derek. I should go with the more well-rounded guy. That'll be the fight that Derek pulls some <laughs> crazy madness out. And I will always have to live with that shame that I didn't pick him that event. So uh, I can't do that. So I, like I got I got a homer Stick out. Stick it with a homer. I got a homer. <laughs> I respect it. All right, listen, the rest of this card, 15 fights on this card. It's going to be a, a night full. Now, Still a 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern start on the prelims and three hours for the nine prelim fights uh, before you get into the main card at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, again, all on ESPN+. Plus. That means that the prelims are going to be a very fast pace. It's going to be nonstop. <laughs> they I need to be fast-paced. Look at that I card. know. It's crazy. <laughs> I would not expect a lot of winner interviews uh, unless you get some, some quick stoppages. I think decisions, uh, we're just going straight into the next fight. Um, but let's talk about some highlights real quick. Uh, the co-main event, Ketlin Vieira versus Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, listen, this is a key women's bantamweight fight. Both of them are ranked uh, up at the top. It does have meaning. I don't know that uh, – it's just – it's hard, man. When you're talking about anybody like, oh, where, what what position are they getting into for the Amanda Nunes sweepstakes? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, ah, whatever. It doesn't matter, whatever. Um, so this is an important fight in the division. Um, and, and, you know, good that they put it in the co-main event because they're the highest-ranked fighters on the card. So uh, even though it might not necessarily be um, the most exciting fight or even though it might not necessarily have, uh, you know, immediate title implications, um, it, it, it's it's the ranked fights getting the respect that they deserve. So uh, that is your co-main event. Uh, Charles Rosa versus Derek Minner. I do think that could end up being very exciting. Uh, Derek Minner, of course, picked up his first UFC win last time out, and he talked about how much that meant to him. You know, he had kind of been in the game for a long time um, and, and you know, was kind of questioning whether or not he was ever going to get to the UFC. You know, he's 30-plus 30, 30 fights into his UFC career – or into his MMA career, I should say, before he made it into the UFC. Uh, but got an incredible 22 of his 25 wins have come by submission. I mean, that's just a, a crazy figure. Then you have Charles Rosa on the other side who, for my money, man, has just never been in a boring fight. And, uh, you know, his losses are, are fight-of-the-night type losses. Um, Minner, by the way, kind of disrespecting Charles Rosa a little bit. He's like, I don't even understand why this guy has a name. Like, he's 4-4 four and four in the UFC and just ripped him apart. And he, So if you want to go check out Derek Minner's uh, – his interview from today – uh, it, it's up on uh, MMA Junkie's YouTube channel, MMA Junkie as well. Uh, but it was kind of funny, man. He, he didn't even really have to get baited into it that much. It's just like uh, he's just like I don't I don't understand where all the love is for this guy. So we'll see how that's he backs the kind it of up. stuff that will rear its head and oh. and and get you when you when you when you make a mistake. You say stuff like that, and then it, it 
gets thrown back in your face, that's the stuff that will I'm, live with you for a I'll while. I'll tell you what, I'm anxious to see their face off now at weigh-ins tomorrow yeah, because they, will, they should be a little bit more. Charles deep. Rosa uh, is aware of what people say out there. He's a yeah. fan. He, like he's a fan. Like he soaks in he all the content. Yeah. yeah, he reads stuff. He watches stuff. I guarantee you, he saw that today and was like. This motherfucker. <laughs> Guarantee you, man. So uh, watch for that face-off. That could be good. Um, intriguing heavyweight bite. There's a couple of them on here because they're both kind of, you know, veteran versus up-and-comer. Alexi Olenek uh, versus CFSC vet Chris Dawkins. Um, Alexi Olenek, we know what this guy does, man. The guy's been in the game for 25 years. I mean, that's incredible. You know, made his debut back in, I think, 1996, if I remember right. Um, and, and was doing combat sambo as well, so who knows what else isn't even on his record. Um, but the dude just keeps out there doing it and, and, and plans on continuing to do it for a while. Against Chris Dawkins, who, if you don't know his story, um, a Philadelphia police officer, and he kind of went into that a little bit with us today and talked about kind of – it was kind of funny because, you know, I know he takes pride in being a Philadelphia police officer, but I asked him, you know, uh, so is that the plan, just always do this? Because I think they gave me. That would be kind of crazy, like USC fighter and cop, and he was like – Hell no! Like I don't want to do this, and and, and it was funny because you know, it, you know, of course, training full time would mean something, but you know, he straight up said he's like, dude, chasing somebody with a gun. He was like, it's not fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, it's not, yeah. it's not like what you see on TV. There's real life and death stuff happening, bro. When he started talking about you know uh, the situation, he's like, dude, like think about it. Like you're chasing somebody in the middle of the night. You see they have a gun. You're running after him. They cut down a back alley. You don't know where they are now. He's like, now you know there's somebody out there on the loose with a gun in their hand and you don't know exactly where they are, and you've got a flashlight in your hand. And I was like, as he was laying that out, it was funny. I had already asked my question, so I didn't go back to it, but I was going to be like, so what you're saying is when we go, uh, are you feeling pressure ahead of this fight? You're like, nah, <laughs> dog, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But uh, he's got a good story, and you even chimed in on that one a little bit. Yeah. You know, saying, hey, Chris, do you think maybe you know you, you could use your platform a little bit and maybe be like a – what do they call it? Like not a community uh, – Liaison. Community liaison, exactly. Well, I mean, it was like one of those ones where – all right, so uh, – I know once these guys, uh, there is a big brotherhood. Same with like in the military. A, a lot of guys, once you become a, a boy in blue, you know, the, the your fellow cops is, is like a family, you know. But also the fact that, you know, we try to, we see a lot of times where there is community where the cops are always trying to speak with the community and, and foster a relationship. Here's a point where you have a, and especially if you get to the point where he's a well-known good UFC fighter, it's a perfect opportunity to, to use that platform to do even yeah. more to where I could see if the if his main thing is like it sucks to chase a guy down uh, an alley with uh, with a gun. If you are in the role of more of a, a, a liaison, you're off the beat. You're not doing that right. sort of thing. But you can, they could still be better used as a promotional tool. It's the same thing when like when it got towards the end of like when Elvis was a soldier and I'm sure, you know, some of these other guys that have been uh, in the uniform, they realized it's much better to keep those guys around. Yeah. Same thing when uh, the Korean zombie. That's exactly what's going he through my was, head. He was yep. a liaison. Yep. I mean, he wasn't actively out, you know, probably holding a gun at the DMZ. No, they realized, hey, this is a valuable athlete. This is a let's valuable asset. But let's, you know, hey, this is his community requirement, so he's got to do it. But let's put him in a role that benefits everybody. That's exactly the name that was going through my and, head. And, that sh- and that's the kind of thing where um, – if he could have his cake and eat it too, because I'm sure you know, and and if you get to a certain point, that's a nice pension to have. Mm. You know, if Good he's point. if he's able to get that and he can just do the liaison thing, which gives him the freedom to train and do the other stuff, that's your side gig. That's and if you can get it to the point where you can get it to where you can do all that and then have a little pension, 
you know. Hey, maybe you planted maybe you planted that seed today, man. Maybe Philly PD step up, <laughs> step up, Philly. Give him give him what he wants. Well, he if he keeps doing what he does, then it's hard to deny it. Yeah, it's one thing to say, okay, you know, I got two fights in, I've done well. Hey, how about you guys do da 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 da. Get get up to the point where you're you're, you're rising the ranks and you're getting near like, like what Stipe. If Stipe wanted to do that, but Stipe loves what he's doing, but he's already, uh, you know, not full time doing the sort of deal. But that's the kind of thing that if Stipe, if there was that sort of role, he would be perfect for that sort mm-hmm. of thing as well. Unfortunately, I mean, like the firefighters, they kind of need you to get in there and do stuff. <laughs> it's not like they really need like a community liaison. Tell you, I mean, I mean, they Man, could. It's they a could real shame you. your house burned down yeah. there. I, uh, but I'm here to tell you, we did our best. I'm here to tell you that if you had a proper fire alarm, and this is this, you know, can I, can I offer you a a fire alarm? We'll install it for free. <laughs> Uh, so that's you know that's kind of a I don't want to say a crossroads fights but you're seeing you know kind of the generations the older generation versus the new generation uh, a middleweight bout that I'm really excited about uh, that that uh, we didn't talk to him today because when the media schedule was set this was on the prelims but they shuffled the lineup a little bit uh, Phil Halls versus Nasruddin Imavov. Uh, that could be a really, really good fight. You know, two guys that uh, definitely have finishing power, and uh, I, I think that's going to be a big one. We didn't get to speak to them today, uh, but certainly I think that's a, a meaningful fight and one that could provide some fireworks, um, which honestly I think is, is kind of a lot of this card. Uh, I think there's a lot of fights that could be fun that may not necessarily impact the rankings a whole lot, but just could provide some entertainment. And, of course, the main card kicks off with a, with a, with a heavyweight bout that's real similar to Olenek and Dacus in Andre Arlovski versus Tom Aspinall. Uh, Andre Arlovski, of course, uh, this will be his 34th UFC walk, the most third most uh, in UFC history, um, the most in heavyweight history. And as he said, man, if I hadn't if I hadn't left, you know, during the middle of my run, I'd be at 50 UFC fights right now. Crazy. And it's, it's crazy to think about. Um, Andre, to me, has become one of the most beloved figures in the sport. Um, it's funny to think because he kind of used to be a little bit of a uh, bad boy. Yeah, he did used to be a little bit of a bad boy. A little off putting, push people little away bit a little bit. <laughs> little, yeah, a little bit combative, and now he just yeah. comes in and he's you know family man, and uh, it, it, it was fun to talk to him. But we've given Andre Arlovski plenty of shine over the years because he is one of our favorite figures. Yeah, I have to give Tom Aspinall some shine here for what evolved or devolved into <laughs> one of the weirdest exchanges I've ever seen in a media Who's session. Who's interviewing who? <laughs> this is just something interesting. Uh, it starts out with me, uh, you know, just doing the normal stuff. Uh, and then it switches over to our man, uh, Hot Tea, um, who promised me he was not uh, drinking whiskey today during this. But it got a little, it got a little fun over mm-hmm, here uh, mm-hmm, because Tom mm-hmm. Aspinall – was coming back at our man Hot T, Oscar Willis, a little bit, uh, thanks to uh, Jim Edwards, uh, yeah. who was uh, kind of a, a face that we – I mean, we have – What do you call him? You there's just a, call him MMA Jim? MMA Jim, yeah, that's his uh, – that would be his Twitter handle. Oh, uh, gotcha. Uh, a face – I was going to say, I, there's a lot of faces I haven't seen in a long time because of COVID, but, you know, he's kind of been in and out of the MMA game. I think still does a lot of work for fighters only, uh, more behind the scenes than necessarily covering events. Um, but uh, well, I, I, we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. And here is Tom Aspinall uh, in what is certainly one of the most unique media sessions we've ever had. Good afternoon, Tom. Well, you, you came in as kind of a, a highly touted prospect, and uh, you've had some success so far. How would you classify your start in the UFC? It's going all right, isn't it? It's going well so far. I can't complain. And then they come to you with a matchup of Andre Arlovski. I mean, 
did that one come out of left field a little bit for you? Like, man, I'm just getting into this thing, and, and here's a guy that's done it more than any heavyweight in UFC history. Yeah, it did. It did, to be honest. I wasn't really expecting that. I thought they was definitely going to match me up with another prospect. I thought that's what they was going to do, but I'm not a matchmaker. I just, uh, I'm just the one who gets in there and has a scrap, so um, I was happy with it. Obviously, I'm here, so, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. You strike me as kind of just a, you know, a laid-back guy overall, but is there any chance you get in there on Saturday and you're like, oh, my God, that's Andre Alaska on the other side of the cage. And this is a guy that we've all been watching for, for decades. Well, I'm not going to have my glasses on, so I can't see that far. I can, I can barely see you, so <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I'll just I'll be like that. Just Is it Andre or is it? Yeah. So uh, it won't bother me, honestly. I spar, I spar with some world-class people. Been around world-class athletes all my life, and uh, he doesn't intimidate me. Maybe I should have asked, is there a danger when you get in the clinch, you'll realize that he's Andre Olaski. Is, is that when you can see him? Is basically is that where they have to be? You get that beard a bit too close to me. I'm like, get that beard away from me. I wish I could grow a beard like that. Difference fighting here in uh, Vegas versus Abu Dhabi? Is, is it, you know, as far as like how the, the, the trip affected your body, travel, that sort of thing? I was definitely tired for a couple of days when I got here. I didn't realize that it would take that much effect, to be honest, on the body. We had like a 24-hour travel because of the COVID and all that stuff, and we had to go like three different flights, long flights as well. So uh, I feel good now, though. I've been here for like four or five days. I've trained a few times and been stretching and relaxing and eating some good food. So I feel good now. Yeah. On the bright side, there's no race cars around the hotel, right? So that. Yeah, I mean, sleeps. I don't have an issue with sleep anyway. So yeah, no race cars. Nothing like that. So nice and peaceful. Well, talk about this uh, this opportunity, right? Because, like I said, I feel like there's been a lot of buzz around your name, but you beat a, a you know an established former champion, future Hall of Famer. I mean, does this feel like a potential breakout moment for you? Yeah, I don't. See, yeah, I think so. But you know, I, what something that I've noticed as I'm winning more and more fights and and stuff like that, people will always have something negative to say about it. You know what I mean? I beat. I beat the first guy who'd had seven fights in the UFC. Oh, he's, in, he's beating nobody. Well, he's not a nobody. He's, he's actually had seven UFC fights. You know, no one in the UFC is a nobody. I beat the next guy. Oh, he's, that's his first fight in the UFC. I beat Arlovsky, he'll be too old. You know, I beat the next guy, it'll be whatever. You know, people are always going to say stuff. So all that outside stuff, it doesn't really... Honestly, I don't think about it. Yeah. How about for yourself? What do you see as the pace for your career, right? Because, you know, heavyweight... Man, you can make moves real quick in the division. Do you do you welcome that? I mean, do you want to make like this quick rise, or do you feel like, hey, let me keep getting these, you know, these tests under my belt? Yeah, I want to keep getting the tests. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to uh, fight different guys who give me like different looks and different different stuff along the way. I don't want to be thrown in the deep end. You know, I've I've got a long time left in the sport. I'm a young guy, and I'm not trying to rush. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to get pushed up there too quick like a lot of these prospects do and and fail quick. So I'm trying to learn. Fighting guys like this, this is good for me because I can learn off these guys. Yeah. Last thing for me, I mean, how, how do you see this fight going? I mean, do you feel like this is something where you can go in there and you can, you can get a stoppage, you can wow people, or do you feel like you've got to be ready to, to maybe go the distance with this guy? I mean, you've always got to be ready to go the distance. I think because a lot of my fights have been quick, people think I just train for, like, one-minute fights. But I can't, I can't actually do three rounds, believe it or not. But, um, yeah, if I, if I beat him quick, that's good. If it's long, it's good. It doesn't really matter. My time. Just out of curiosity, what was the journey to get here? Was that just because there's no direct flights from England at the moment? Yeah, there's no direct flights. So we went Manchester to Paris, Paris to LA, and we got stuck in immigration for ages. And then um, LA to Vegas. Why get stuck in immigration? Because I'm an immigrant.
No, because uh, I forgot we forgot to print a form off for my visa, which I didn't know that I needed, and none of us know that we needed. So it wasn't too bad. Stuck us in for like 90 minutes, two hours, something like that. And we were stuck in there. But Just what you want after a long distance yeah, flight there. Yeah, exactly what I want. You said you don't want to you don't want to rush your career and you're young enough to sort of take your time, but you know the UFC gave you Andre Olovsky for a reason. They obviously want to start pushing you up the ranks. That's the reason why young guys like yourself get these fights. So are you going to have to have a conversation with them eventually to be like, hey, you know, I want to improve before I start getting bigger names? I don't know. I don't. I, I guess we just see how that kind of stuff plays out. You know, I'm not someone who thinks stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I just I'm just training for me fight and I'm going to fight. And I'm going to look good in my fight, and that's it. You know, I'm not. I'm not really too bothered. If I sat here worrying all day about what's going to happen in the future, I'd never get anything done. You know what I mean? I'm not someone who sits around and analyzes and like uh, analyzes every little situation of what might happen in the future because you're never going to get anything done if that's the case. You know what I mean? You've got to. I'm not just talking about MMA. I'm talking about any anything in life. You know what I mean? If you're sitting here worrying about how something might play out, you're not going to enjoy the time that you're in right now. And right right now, I'm like here with with you guys, I'm not going to start thinking about what's going to happen after this fight because I've got to win this fight first. You could always call out Sergey Spivak again. He's on the same card. I know. Well, that one doesn't seem to be happening. If he gets an impressive win and so do I then. But I, I know someone who actually wants to call you out. Me? Yep. Who? Uh, do you know MMA Jim? MMA Jim. He, he said, uh, <laughs> he was saying that he doesn't think you've got hands when I spoke is, to him. Is that he right? He said, do you, you, you live in America now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said you turn your back on the UK and he just said he's he he, he taking everything he worked for, is what he said. It's a shame, man, because, <laughs> well, I guess, you know, being called out by someone who's obviously got malnourishment issues <laughs> and, you know, and stuff like that, and, he, you know, he's changed, got a girlfriend now, so he turned his back on the entire game. Yeah. I should uh, probably take that into account, but, you know, I'll stick to the higher-ranked guys and let MMA gyms deal with them. So you live in Vegas now? Yeah. How's that going for you? It's all right. It has its ups and downs. What's the downs? Uh, Too much the time in the strip club, bro. The, 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 we, the, the weekends can last a while, do you know what I mean? Really? Yeah. But you, it's easy to get on a bender here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I think we'll end it there. Adam, do you have a question? Uh, I just want to know if he has any more questions for him. <laughs> I'm good with this. Let's keep going. Yeah, for real, MMA Jim was actually talking shit. He was like... Look, we're around the same weight class. No, you know. we're not. <laughs> I've lost a bit of weight recently, but I still take him, he said. I've gone a bit skinny, but the power's still there. He'd <laughs> have to ask his girlfriend permission <laughs> first. Has he really got a girlfriend? Yeah, then we're getting married. Oh, nice. You, see, you seem shocked by that. To be honest, I don't even know him that well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm just talking shit about him. I don't even know him. Uh, he, he was talking to you about, about fighting Andre earlier and... You know, that aspect. Did, did, did you watch him a lot growing up? I mean, a lot yeah, of us did. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Who's not watched Arlovsky? Do you know what I mean? He's, he's a legend. He's a legend. Yeah. I watched him a lot. Um, he did say that he's worried about getting charged with child abuse because you're so much younger than him. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be walking around here in a Zimmer frame soon, rolling into the cage on the Zimmer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a lot younger than him. How old is he? He's like 42. 42. Fair play to the guy. You know what I mean? If you can still fight 42 at a high level, fair play to him. Would you want to be doing that? No. <laughs> Definitely not. I want to be saving my brain. I'm going to be doing something else. I'm going to hopefully have a lot of money. I'm going to be relaxing there by the beach or I'm going to have the kids around me and I'm going to be chilling by the time I'm 42, touch wood. 
All right, thanks, man. And thanks for the therapy session for Oscar. He needed it. He definitely needed it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's distressed. <laughs>
you know, I get it. So wanna, much action. I get it if you want to watch it on demand. That's fine. You can, you can, but we'll have it full covered at uh, MMA Junkie. And, of course, and a half. We'll definitely uh, have a have a little bonus episode for you over there. Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Uh, let me thank everybody. We had, we had some kind of deep discussion over there this week at Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. So shout out to everybody uh, that was kind of joining in on some of the discussion even some criticism that's of true the mma roadshow it was good criticism but it was good criticism it was we good had criticism we had good discussion back and forth so we appreciate each and everybody who supports us over at patreon.com slash the ma roadshow it's as little as three dollars a month you can sign up to help support the show and of course does come with that bonus and a half episode after every <laughs> ufc show talk about maybe doing some live chats i've heard some people say they might like to do some live chats so I think maybe we try to pull that off early in the week and, and add some stuff over there. So uh, always growing that little community over there, and we appreciate each and everybody that is a part of it. If you're not, do it. Think, think, come help support your boys. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Help support your boys. <laughs> That's all we're asking. Uh, listen, one last thing I wanted to touch on real quick. Uh, if you saw the news, uh, Bellator is launching a rankings panel. Uh, they're going to have a group of MMA uh, official, uh, officials, <laughs> MMA media uh, that are r- r- voting on their official rankings. I'm and so looking forward to the first time I rank somebody. Uh, I am going to be a part <laughs> of the rankings. Oh, wait, that's you. That's yes. right. In it's fact, you. Out, of, out of MMA Junkie, it is myself, uh, George Garcia, and Nolan King. So the three of us will all be representatives from MMA Junkie. Uh, and listen, I've had a, a couple of people ask online. I've, I've tried to answer a couple of people, but I just uh, haven't had a ton of time. Obviously, we've been at media day since this has been announced. Uh, so I figured, hey, i just lay it out here and explain kind of what's going on because I've heard a lot of people go, man, why would you vote in Bellator when you don't vote in UFC? And there's actually been quite a bit of discussion of some journalists who say, I, I don't think you should vote in it at all. Like, it's just media members should not be voting uh, in you know these rankings panels for promotions. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that uh, viewpoint. Now, what I will say is it needs to be transparent. So let me take you a, a little story. Uh, initially, I was on board with being a part of the USC rankings panel. When they first announced the USC rankings, I was completely on board with it uh, and was willing to do it. Unfortunately, then we found out that they were going to tie the rankings to uh, the Reebok bonuses, uh, what became known as the athlete outfitting policy. That was going to be tied into it. Uh, so because of that, USA Today uh, regulations and kind of journalistic guidelines kind of see that as a clear conflict of interest in terms of you are deciding how much somebody is going to get paid. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a, I don't want to say a stretch, but, it, you know, yeah, it's your, your vote is helping to determine what somebody collects in this particular bonus. Um, so at that point, USA Today said, hey, I, you guys can't vote in this at all. Now, that eventually changed. They went to the system where instead of it's by the rankings, uh, it's by the number of fights you have. It's about tenure, right? Um, but unfortunately, you know, as we reconsidered, okay, well, that's no longer, you know, the concern. Then we started seeing some concerns with the UFC pulling people from the rankings or, you know, just saying, ah, this guy isn't in the rankings list this week because, you know, there's contract disputes going on or there's there's other things going on. Um, so at that point, it's lost the transparency for me, and I wasn't uh, interested any longer. Uh, and then it was just something we never revisited over the years because, you know, they kind of went their way and we went ours. Well, Bellator recently approached, and they said, hey, we're, we're thinking about launching our own rankings panel, um, and here's here's what our plan is. And, we, and we, you know, I talked to them extensively about – uh, what their criteria was going to be, what the what the transparency was going to be, um, and I liked it. I I don't at the end of the day, I don't see any concern with me just saying, listen, here's how I personally, a guy that spends literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, immersed in the world of mixed martial arts, watching fights, talking about fights, and doing nothing else. 
here's how I view the rankings of your division. Now, I'm not the one officially deciding. I'm just giving you my personal opinion, and you're factoring that in with other people's personal opinion, and you're using that as a ranking. The way I always said is, look, if Bellator wanted to take uh, the UFC rank or the MMA junkie rankings, I could say, I should say, and filter out the UFC people, they could kind of like just steal our rankings if they wanted to. So I don't see any reason why it's not okay for just me to share my opinion, um, which I believe to be a, an educated opinion, uh, into what it is. So I didn't have a personal issue with it, but we did go to USA Today and we said, hey, what do you guys think? And it was it was run. Uh, Simon Simano took it to our, our corporate ethics committee. It was run through an ethics committee who is – that's their entire job is to look at potential conflicts of interest, ethical guidelines, that sort of thing for the USA Today community. And they said they saw no issue whatsoever. And so with that, I'm in. Uh, let me be clear. If there are any transparency issues, I'm out. It's that simple. If, 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 if you know, Bellator comes one week and says ah, – this guy is out of the rankings or he gets pulled or he's not. And I, and I, I expressed that to him and we talked about it and they asked me my opinion and they asked if I'd be interested. I told him if, if you pull this situation where because you're in contract negotiations with somebody or because you're upset at somebody and you just yanked them from the rankings, I'm out. That's no longer me giving you my opinion. That's now you impacting and affecting my opinion. And the first time that happens, I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I'm gone. Um, So, with that said, I will say now that our company doesn't have uh, any concerns with any potential conflicts of interest, um, I am going to talk to the UFC again. I am considering becoming a a member of the UFC voting panel as well. However, they've got to promise me the same thing, that you're not going to do this crap where – you know, you're upset at Nate Diaz and you yank him from the rankings or whatever the case may be. Because if that's if that's the case, I'm not interested in it. That's no longer me just offering my unbiased, hopefully educated opinion. That's you now telling me I can't vote on somebody who I believe deserves this particular ranking. And that, to me, uh, is a concern. So, hopefully, um, that makes sense to everybody. That's where I stand on it. And I'm anxious to see how the thing works out. There you out. go. There you and go. If, and if you back out, I'll, I'll step in. I have I have no morals or anything holding me back. I could be paid off for rankings. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's why we love uh, you. I, I I I would take a car for a number one ranking, even if you are number fifteen. If you're number fifteen, for me to rank you number one, I need a car. Wow, uh, man, you aren't joking. Like if you're gonna sell your vote, bro, you're you're selling it high. Should I go higher than that? No, I mean a car is pretty strong considering you're just one of like fifteen people. Oh damn, that's right. All right, a house. that's why i'll never do the voting Uh, that is phenomenal all right so anyway just wanted to get that out there and and let everybody hear my point and uh again if you want to discuss it give your thoughts on it head on over to patreon.com slash the may roadshow yes yell at them about it if you want i'd be more than hey if you're supporting us you can yell at us i'm okay with that yep no it's good that's what it's all about Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) all right well listen uh we're getting ready for 15 fights. It's going to be a ton. Of course, weigh-ins are in the mornings. We'll have full coverage at MMA Junkie and a half. All that good stuff. Uh, listen, I think there could be some entertaining fights. There should be some good fights. I mean, out oh, 15. There's so many fights. <laughs> There's so many fights. I look at this card. I'm like, oh, that's a lot M- of names on there. G. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, hey, remember, bro? We did that fight the other night, and there was only like 10 fights. Um, we're going to throw like three extra ones on this one. Is that okay? Welcome to the COVID era, my friend. Yeah. Welcome to the COVID era. <laughs> we'll have full coverage of Junkie. Tune in. Tune in to uh, patreon.com slash Jimmy Rojo for the and a half. In the meantime, for everybody else, let's just say thanks for listening.